Welcome to our weekly three-minute therapy podcast. And three-minute therapy is the name of my book where I present rational emotive behavior therapy, REBT, devised by Albert Ellis in 1955. And uh, it's based on the idea that our emotions come from our thinking about situations, not from situations themselves. And emotional disturbance comes from a particular type of thinking, and that's thinking in terms of demands. Must, shoulds, supposed tos, have tos, I must do well and get approval, you must treat me well, and my life must go well, or else it's awful, terrible, and horrible. And uh, I have a private practice and uh, called Dr. Michael R. Edelstein. And uh, today, as usual, I'm joined by my partner, Mick Berry, R-E-B-T-er extraordinaire, who <laughs> also co-authored a book with me uh, called Stage Fright about overcoming speaking anxiety. And we're honored to have as our guest today, Tyson Switzer, who also does a form of REBT. I think you call it rational living therapy. Is that right? That is correct. And uh, Tyson has a center for rational living therapy in Pennsylvania. But I assume you see clients remotely also. Is that right? On Zoom and phone and Skype. Yes, yes. Yep. I do do telehealth as well. Um, However, the cl the clientele still are primarily in Pennsylvania. Okay, very good. And Mick, how long have you been involved with REBT? Since 1986. Yeah, um, I got involved in cognitive therapy in like 87, but then I fell into REBT in 1986. Okay, great. And the, the subject for today is what is rational? And the reason I thought that might be an interesting subject is that Tyson, I believe you have a different, a slightly different definition of rational than Mick and I as REBTers have. So why don't you present yours? Yeah, well, well, first, uh, thanks, Michael and Mick for having me on today. I'm, I'm excited to be here. And one thing I want, if it's okay, it, I wanted to touch base on the umbrella of CBT. Sure. J just in case there's new listeners out there who are not aware uh, of CBT. And that way they'll have a, a good foundation of why we're going to talk about what we're going to talk about today. Uh, the, way, the way I describe it is CBT is an umbrella term used to house different forms of therapy that they call CBT. Right, and CBT stands for cognitive behavior therapy, is that correct? Correct, correct. And some of those therapies are, um, you guys talked about, rational emotive behavior therapy, or REBT, and rational living therapy, um, which is primarily the approach I come from. Uh, so when people talk about C cognitive behavioral therapy, they're, they're really using a big umbrella term. And we're focusing on rational living therapy and REBT today. 
Yeah. And you, you've touched base on this already, Michael, is that the premise that it's our thinking that causes our feelings and behaviors. And so I think that's important just to uh, re- reiterate uh, because that's going to be the premise for learning how to think rationally. Uh, otherwise, if we don't have that premise that it's our thoughts that cause our feelings, then why are we even talking about our thoughts in general? And why are we talking about our feelings if we don't know where they come from? And good point. Very good point as well. And so I think it's uh, important to distinguish between rational thinking and irrational thinking. And many times I found uh, with different therapists is their clients will ask them, is, is my thinking rational? And the therapist will say, no, it's not. It's irrational. And the client will say, well, why is that? And the therapist will respond with, well, because I said so. (laughs) (laughs) That actually happens? I've heard of that before. Um, Maybe maybe not that uh, strong of language, uh, but that's kind of the general premise. But trust me, I know what I'm talking about. I mean, geez. Right. Right. <laughs> so, right. So I agree. So after after we um, talk with clients about how it's our thinking that causes our feelings and behaviors, you know, I think it's important to give them the tool to determine for themselves if they're thinking rational or irrational. Because in my opinion, who am I to tell you or anyone else how to think, feel, or behave. So with what we're learning today is we're going to decide this for ourselves. So me as a therapist, you know, I never tell anyone that they're thinking rational or irrational. They're deciding for themselves. And you help them have a criteria by which to decide. Correct. And the criteria that we use in rational living therapy is what is called the three rational questions. And the three rational questions was developed by Dr. Aldo Pucci, um, who adapted those three rational questions from Maxi Maltzby Jr.'s five criteria for rational thinking. And so, Maxi Maltzby Jr. devised an offshoot of REBT, which he called RBT, Rational Behavior Therapy. Correct, correct, yes. So the three rational questions is question number one is, is my thinking based on fact to the best of my ability to know? And question two is, is my thinking or does my thinking help me to achieve my goals? And then question three, does my question, does my thinking help me to feel the way I want to feel? Now, what's the difference between two and three? Because one of my goals is to feel the way I want to feel. Uh, So they, they could, the, the questions could overlap. 
Tyson, could you say the third one again? Does my thinking help me feel the way I want to feel? Okay. So they overlap, but what's the difference? Well, yeah. Well, how about, to, the, can we come back to that? Yeah, yeah. And we can talk about each question one, one by one. Okay. Uh, and that hopefully that will answer your question. Sure. Now, now for, for a thought to be rational, we have to answer yes to all three questions. So, so if we answer no to even one question, then that means that we determine for ourselves for ourselves that that thought is irrational. And if we determine that thought's irrational, then we want to work on changing that way of thinking uh, and, and um, put replacement thoughts in our mind. So the, que the question number one, is my thinking based on fact to the best of my ability to know? Now, what's important to remember is that we can be wrong in our thinking. We can be mistaken in our thinking. And that's okay because many people, they just assume that if they think a thought that it must be true because I'm thinking it, but it's important. But I, to I don't understand. Sounds like there's a conflict there. You said if they're wrong in their thinking, that's okay. I would think if they're wrong in their thinking, that's not okay because it's not going to help them achieve their goals. Well, Maybe I should say, if their thinking is not factual, uh, and it's okay in the sense that I, I, I don't need to catastrophize if my thinking isn't based on fact. Because sometimes people will, will make themselves miserable because they found, they found out they were wrong in their thinking. And in fact, sometimes I am happy that that my thinking is not true when I thought it was. Uh, for example, if I thought it was true that my wife was out having an affair on me, I would be happy if I got new evidence that showed that she was not having an affair on me. And with our thinking being based on fact to the best of our ability to know, I think it's also important to remember that we only know what we know at any given moment in time. And as we gather new evidence, it's important to change our thinking to coincide with the new facts. So be open-minded. Yeah, to be open-minded, absolutely. Such as, as hundreds of years ago, uh, you know, people in Europe thought the earth was flat, right? And they thought they had evidence and facts to prove that the earth was flat. And as new researchers and, and sailors and scientists came about, right, they worked to prove that the earth was more of a spherical shape. So then they changed their thinking from the earth was flat. Oh, wait, wait, here's new evidence. And so now uh, we believe this evidence. No. And also, I think it's important to 
have good techniques to help us determine if our thinking is based on fact and, and having a variety of therapy methods to help us decide if our, if our thinking is based on fact. And do, do you guys teach any different therapy methods to help people? Yes. Um, determine if they're, if they're thinking is factual. Well, we have a different method to determine if their thinking is rational. And that sure. is, is there a demand? Is there a must or a should or a derivative of a demand? If there is, it's not rational. If uh, there isn't, then it is rational. Mick, did you want to say something? Well, I was just going to say that for myself, because I talk about REBT and I actually help some friends who are therapists using REBT, they'll call me up and say, I want a little help with this problem because they know how experienced I am at it. The criteria I use, and I'm glad Michael brought up, is there a must or is it a preference? Uh, because I do think that's the bottom line on REBT, but also sure. I say, is it realistic? To me, something is rational if it's realistic and something is irrational if it's not realistic. And what Michael mentioned, that's being more specific. So that's why I like it. I'm glad he mentioned it. Nothing has to happen. Nothing has to happen. As Albert Ellis once said, there may come a day in which we're slapped in with an artificial heart and artificial kidneys and death is no longer a inevitable occurrence in existence. So death and taxes can definitely have the possibility of being avoided even in the extreme, there is nothing that must occur. I don't know about taxes, but I agree with you about <laughs> <laughs> Yes, definitely the death part and most, most often taxes. Yeah, but nothing has to happen. Mm -hmm. and, you know, um, but uh, along those lines, people often throw themselves out of whack by saying, I must not die. I cannot die. Mm -hmm. I must not be mortal. And that's unrealistic. Yeah. And, and that's, that's one method I use as well to help people determine if their thinking is based on fact by teaching them the, the, the different cognitive distortions, uh, like, like the must and the catastrophizing uh, and, and, and the different demands and shoulds as well. Can't stand itis. And, and the factor that distinguishes RBT from cognitive is I've seen 10 cognitive distortions, whereas RBT says there's one. Where's the demand? Eliminate the demand. You're thinking rationally. You'll feel better. It, you'll be self-helping rather than self-defeating. Yeah, I agree with that. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And I, along those lines too, as far as with with the words we use is very important too, because uh, I think words are to humans as the bell was to Pavlo's dogs. Right, our words are conditioned to have meaning. So when we use those extreme demands, right, they they produce the emotion that is conditioned to. We'll 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 get the emotional response that is conditioned to. So that's why I always emphasize it's important to say what we mean and mean what we say. Right, right. we call that semantic, or Ellis called it semantic precision. And yeah, and also I would say it's my sister pointed it out to me because she. She's a great writer and a professor, and we've talked about semantic precision. She pointed out to me, semantic precision is perhaps most important with our thinking. 
Absolutely. With semantic precision. So, and just give an example, I failed with this task. I failed with this task is semantically precise. I am a failure is semantically imprecise mm -hmm. and inaccurate and unrealistic. Yeah, because that, that, that irrational label, then there's also going to be an irrational definition of that label. Yeah. Yeah. The, what I find particularly welcoming that I've learned through REBT is reality is my friend. How so? Well, there are there if if I'm thinking realistically, there is no anxiety, there's no fear, there's no depression, there's no anger. If I'm yeah. thinking realistically, I don't have any emotional hangups. Therefore, reality is my friend. Yeah. Although you could be thinking unrealistically and not have any demands and also not have emotional hangups. That's you get, that's, you get in yeah, uh, problems with reality, but you wouldn't be disturbed about it. Yeah, fantasy can be my friend too. Wow, the clouds are red today. I love it. You know, what the heck? <laughs> <laughs> and with our the three rational questions, you know, right, well, so question number two, does my thinking help me to achieve my goals? Uh, keeping, keeping our goals in mind as well can be helpful for people. But sometimes we just have to slow down and identify what our goal is. You know, for example, if I'm in in a disagreement with my wife, it's very helpful to slow down and think to myself, what is my goal with this interaction with my wife? Right? I would is go my further, thinking helping me to achieve that goal? Tyson, I would go further than that. I'd say every minute of the day, it's important to know what your goal is because if you didn't have a goal, you wouldn't do anything. Oh, yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, well, go ahead. Yeah, I was going to, yeah, I was also going to add on to what you said, uh, Dr. Edelstein is, yeah, everything we do has a goal behind it. Yeah. Right. If I take a drink of my water, I have a goal of quenching my thirst. And, and many things we do in life, we, we, that are so mundane, we just don't think of there being a goal behind it. Yeah, I but think every, every word you speak has a goal behind it. Mm -hmm. yeah. Did you want to say something? Yeah. Two can play that game, Tyson. <laughs> Cheers. I don't, I don't even have any water in the cup. I was faking it. But <laughs> yeah. And, and sometimes with our goals, we can have thoughts that will indirectly interfere with us achieving our goal. You know, if I'm, if I'm thinking about something about work when I'm at home and my goal is to play and enjoy with my children, that thinking about work can indirectly interfere with my goal of having fun with my children. Right. Yeah. And then question number three, does my thinking help me feel the way I want to feel? And I always like to throw in there, without alcohol, drugs, or by engaging <laughs> in otherwise dangerous behaviors, unless we want to. Uh, um, uh. And with this one too, you know, I, 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 when I teach people to remind them that it's okay and normal to feel any different emotion, but do we want to feel the emotion we're feeling in that moment? 
Now, I think I think I may have listened to one of your pod, your guys' podcast, but I can't remember which one. And and I, th- and I think you guys were talking about, you know, is it is it is it okay to feel, for example, anger? Is it ever rational to feel angry? You know, or any other emotion? You know, what are your guys' thoughts on that? Yeah, well, I would think that only under very artificial situations. I can only think of one. And that is if you're an actor and you're acting the part of a character who's angry, you probably do a better job if you could conjure up some anger at that moment. Um, sure. But, but that's a very unusual circumstance. So I see anger as inappropriate, unhelpful, and eats you up inside and mm-hmm. tends to alienate others. So it's really just about, aside from extreme situations, yeah. it's just about never appropriate. Yeah, man. Yeah, I was going to say I just define anger as self-defeating, but it's tricky because so many people think of our emotions and anger as being like a steam kettle in which the steam has to be released or the pressure builds up and the kettle will explode. But what's actually going on is if they tell themselves, I must not get angry, then they start imposing a further demand on themselves and then they get angry about that demand and then they explode believing that their anger was like a steam kettle. What I do for myself is to remember I'm completely free to get angry. I have all the freedom in the world to do anything that's self-defeating, get angry, have anxiety, get depressed, but that doesn't mean it's helpful just because I have the freedom to do it. And so when I'm angry, I look at what the demand is. And I've seen people debate this, including Michael Edelstein. And I personally think it can be a waste of time debating, well, is anger beneficial? Is anger not beneficial? The criteria I remember is, is there a demand? What is it? Get rid of the demand. So uh, if it's okay, I'll use a personal example. Yeah, and uh, why don't you have the last word, Tyson, because we're running out of time. Oh. Okay, yeah, so the, the, um, so the three rational questions, just to recap, uh, to help us determine if we're thinking rationally or rationally, is my thinking based on fact, to the best of my ability to know, does my thinking help me to achieve my goals? Does my thinking help me feel the way I want to feel? And then if you answer yes to all three questions, that means your thoughts are rational. If you answer no to one question, that means your thought is irrational. And that's when we want to begin developing new, new thoughts, new replacement thoughts that would pass the three rational questions. And practicing the new thoughts until they, they become comfortable and and quote unquote feel uh, right. Hey, very good, very good, Tyson. Thank you for joining us. And Mick, did you have a brief last word? Uh, just uh, great work, Tyson. I'm, it's inspiring to see somebody who's being very smart about the therapy that he's teaching people. So, yeah, thank you, Mick, for the compliment. I appreciate it. And again, our uh, that was Mick Berry speaking my podcast partner and co-author of Stage Fright. Uh, Thank you, Tyson Switzer, for being our guest. And Tyson heads the Center for Rational Living Therapy and uh, is a licensed clinical social worker.
in Pennsylvania. So thank you very much for that. And thank you, Chris Rossini, our tech engineer, for making this all happen, providing the glue for these sessions. Comment below if you had any thoughts about our discussion and give us a like, a thumbs up if you liked it. Suggest subjects that you'd like us to discuss in the future. Uh, volunteer, come on as a guest. Uh, we're interested in having anyone as a guest. You don't have to be like Tyson, a, uh, a uh, certified or licensed therapist. And uh, subscribe to the Three Minute Therapy podcast to stay on the rational side of this.